Welcome to Rental Equip Talk Radio with your host, Donald Charbonnet. This is the radio program designed for industry insiders, as well as anyone interested in getting into the rental equipment industry. Now, here is Donald Charbonnet. Well, hello, rental world, and uh, I am your host, Donald Charbonnet, host of the Rental Equip Talk radio show, the most cost-effective way to get a message out. Uh, We're broadcasting live today from New Orleans, uh, but I've been put on a uh, my wife's stay-at-home order, so I haven't been out in about a week or so. Today's show is sponsored by WGL Consulting and the James Waite Law Firm, best in rental contracts and representing buyers and sellers, and also Big Rents, my guest today. They've been here before, and I think they have some exciting news to talk about today. And as always, a big thank you to all my faithful followers for the last 18 months. And don't forget about my book, entitled Screw You, and like our country, the comeback is always stronger than the setback. I know our country will certainly come back after these most trying times with the coronavirus. The book is available on Amazon, because you never know what's around the corner, especially in the current economy we're in today. Our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone. The coronavirus has upended our world. Please stay safe. And even after this last episode, keep in mind, you can always reach me at rentalequiptalkradio at gmail.com, or you can even call or text me at 504-615-0540. So I'm not going away. The show today is live, and although most of you are podcast listeners, you can call in at 1-866-472-5790 to talk about your unique situation or ideas you have about the virus. I'd love to hear from you today. Now, my guest today is no stranger to my show or the industry, for that matter, and I'm delighted he found the time to be with me today because I think he is the most innovative rental company in our generation. Scott Cannon, the CEO of Big Rents, is an accomplished executive with over 20 years of experience successfully developing high growth in mid-sized companies. In his role as CEO, Scott is responsible for strategic vision of the company, along with driving the day-to-day business operations. Prior to joining Big Rents, Scott held this title of CEO for M&X Global Logistics, during which time the company nearly tripled revenue prior to, to a successful private equity exit for the founding shareholders. He also currently serves on several venture and private equity-backed board advisory panels, Scott has an MBA and a BA in finance, was a former Division I football player, member of SAE fraternity, and currently resides in Southern California with his wife and five children. Scott, welcome to the show. I really do appreciate it. That's the the best welcome I could ever receive, and I I really have appreciated your voice uh, over the last 18 months and, and looking forward to uh, your next venture and continuing to, to to hear you speak about the industry. Thank you. Great. Thank you, sir. Many thanks for taking the time out of of what uh, be a, must be a crazy and busy schedule uh, for you and take the time to talk with me today and, and best of luck in the future. Uh, so, Scott, it's been about a year since we last talked. Uh, what are some of the highlights of 2019 for big rents? 2019 was a was a banner year for us, uh, Donald. Uh, we we grew the business 
uh, revenues organically 13% year over year uh, to $35 million. Uh, we rolled out a new technology called WFM, which stands for Workflow Management. It's uh, basically an internal ticket and tool system that uh, provides much better and consistent service to all of our customers across all parts of our organization. Uh, it has been a game changer for us in terms of how we serve our customers. Uh, we also raised $15 million in a private placement uh, toward the end of the year uh, for a specific purpose of funding mergers and acquisitions. If you remember last year when we spoke, we talked about the potential of a number of M&A opportunities. And as you know, because you've been around the industry for a long time, these things tend to take longer, drag out. Um, and uh, But you finally get over the finish line, and we, we have uh, on, on the first one. Uh, the $15 million we raised, uh, well, it came from existing shareholders and a few new ones, but was really led by a, a lead investor from Japan, a $90 billion multinational firm. Uh, that uh, is heavily in the construction and industrial equipment space around around the the, uh, the world, and we're very excited uh, to partner with them. They took a minority stake in our business, uh, but we'll step up that investment over over time. Yeah. Okay, and so you just made a huge announcement about the uh, merger with Lizzie Lift. So, how did that concept of Big Rents and Lizzie Lift combining forces actually come about? Yeah, I think everybody knows Jen and Liz in the space. Um, you know, they, they're literally born into it uh, with their, their father uh, company, uh, National Lift Truck. And I uh, grew up working in the rental industry. And about 20-plus years ago, they branched out and had – they were really the first one to innovate on the re-rental uh, uh, space and, and what we do. And uh, they have a plethora of relationships and experience and knowledge of equipment that – just surpasses anything we had internally. So it was obviously there's a lot of attractive things from our standpoint. Um, but believe it or not, we, we actually worked together for the last three, four years. We had a working relationship. And I got an opportunity to meet uh, both Jen and Liz last year in 2019 at the ARA show out here in Anaheim. And uh, we hit it off. And when they had a chance to speak with our staff, meet our team, uh, it became pretty quick uh, decision on everybody's part that it made sense to to have additional dialogue, and we continued that most of the part of last year. And then eventually, uh, we just figured out the cultures and the values uh, aligned, and then we got into it uh, at the end of last fall into uh, negotiations how it would work out. And we're fortunate to complete that uh, earlier this month. We really do complement each other more than anything else. Um, you know, as opposed to they bring personal relationships and knowledge, uh, we bring really significant technology and strong management bench, and it's it's really just a perfect fit. And, and so, it's, was that the reason to merge when when they could have continued to offer their equipment through your network anyway? No, that's a good point. Our, our platform's unique, so you know we have checkout tools and dynamic pricing and backend automation that's really second to none, and. Uh, you know, we get more than a quarter million unique views on our website every quarter. Um, and so it's logical for them to partner with us as opposed to trying to, you know, figure that out or recreate it on their own. And the way the merger worked is we merged the re-rental business, but they kept their unique specialized um, aerial equipment and, and lift equipment under the Lizzie Lift brand name which they'll retain 100% ownership. So the physical assets they keep, it's, uh, the actual re-rental business and what Big Rents looks like today is what we merge together. 
Gotcha, gotcha. And so I want to go back, if, uh, if you can, to speak a little bit more about the the equity investment and, and how much and what previous partnerships or relationships you guys had and how the new ones will, will affect you. You mentioned a, a Japanese company. So we raised a total of $15 million in the private placement, and that included both current and new investors. So current investors like our current private equity sponsor, St. Cloud Capital, it's a Southern California-based private equity group. Um, our board of directors invested in the round, including people like myself, uh, some employees, and then people that have close business relationships. But the lead investor was a Japanese company that I can't announce the name on that we're going to put out a public announcement next week. Um, and they're a $90 billion uh, multinational with significant ties to rental and construction manufacturing around the world. Uh, they took a, a minority stake in our business, but have warrants uh, tied to a successful IPO that will step up their investment uh, to around 20% of the business eventually uh, as we continue to grow. Our intent was to have an IPO in Q1 of next year, uh, but with the events and sort of the IPO market, that's obviously going to get delayed at least a quarter or maybe two. Yeah. And have you found, Scott, that they're really, uh, with their background in construction, have they added some some value to what you guys do already? Significant value. I mean, just the, the contacts globally um, are, you know, that in itself was a justification for a partnership. Uh, their manufacturing and their ability to uh, get us into other verticals or other types of equipments, expand our catalog, are all things uh, that we, we we looked at that were very attractive uh, in terms of selecting them as a partner. And then the just overall business acumen, um, the way they conduct themselves, the professional nature, uh, they align with us because they're more long-term thinking like we are. Uh, it, it's going to be a really good partnership. That's great. That's great. And uh, shifting gears, last time we spoke, uh, Big Rents was on an aggressive growth plan. And so how have the, the COVID-19 stay-at-home order uh, that has impacted so many businesses and social distancing uh, changed your operations today? And how does it impact your growth plans if this thing continues? Well, you know, um, I think you mentioned uh, when we started that uh, your wife put you on a stay-at-home order. <laughs> and uh, I'll say I'm on the same order, uh, although the, in California the, the state mandated as well as opposed as in addition to my wife. Um, so, look, everybody is uh, – this is new, new territory for a lot of people. I would say we were, we were early in the process of getting everybody into work environments, it, it's not easy, and we're all figuring out new ways of learning. I think, you know, having a dog bark or a kid interrupt a meeting <laughs> is kind of the new, <laughs> the, the new norm um, where right. it be, sort of be frowned upon. Um, you know, our systems, the way we built them, uh, sort of lend themselves to a virtual environment. So from a customer perspective, it really has been no different to them. Um, just, you know, as I'm talking to you today, I'm talking to you through an app on my phone, Um and my cell phone, and the quality is as good as if I was in the office. So I, I think we were quite fortunate that we built the company with that in mind, where we could be dispersed um, if necessary, and we had a really good disaster plan. Um, you know, we're having the use of video chat and uh, video sessions now as well. We're forecasting probably a 15% decline off our budget 
for the whole year. Um, you know, J.P. Morgan Chase had a economist had a, a forecast out last week that said that GDP would would plummet 14 percent in Q2. I mean, Q, yeah, Q2, and we've never seen anything like that in our lives. But by Q3, it's supposed to snap back and have six percent growth. We've never seen that in our lives either. So, this is uncharted territory for sure. Um, we we think we'll do around 65 million in terms of revenue for the full year at the low end and uh, a full run rate. Uh, included acquisitions and everything else, closer to 100 million. Still wow, active, that's terrific. And I think you'll see in our industry over the next several months additional M&A activity. Uh, you know, times like these lead to opportunities as well. Right, right. I understand. You know, I've, being in the South and being in, in the Hurricane Corridor, you know, we all have disaster plans based around that. But how, uh, the foresight for a company like yours to have a disaster plan, was that because of, of earthquakes or fires or different things that you guys might have anticipated? Like, what if we had to shut down the office? How would we operate? Yeah, so it, 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 you have hurricanes, we have earthquakes, and you just never know what's <laughs> going to happen. And, um, you know, that's part of just good corporate management. I also say that our having, um, you know, a professional ownership in the business from a private equity background, uh, you tend to have these sort of things as sort of commonplace. And, I mean, I would be telling a fib if I told you we thought we'd ever use it. Um, you know, the, the document was there, um, the processes were there. It didn't go off without a hitch. There were a lot of last-minute changes and, oh, we never really implemented this kind of things. But we, because we had the foundation and we had the plan, it was, it was easy to execute, and we got it done in a timely manner. We, we were remote a week and a half before California uh, dictated that we all go uh, stay at home. Wow. Well, you know, and, and the way I've, I envision if I walked into your office with a call and fulfillment center as a focal point within the big rents organization, I mean, you had a plan, but how hard was it to change the new remote work plan? And how many, how many employees do you really have? And, you know, what have you experienced as far as hiccups and any areas that you'd uh, do differently next time around? Well, we had 75 employees in Irvine alone, um, let alone 20 employees in, in Elmhurst, Elmhurst, Chicago, you know, Illinois. So, um, you know, it was it was a lot of moving parts to get people remote. I, I think the the toughest thing, Donald, is communication. Is by no doubt the hard toughest part of being remote. You know, relationships are formed uh, by time spent together, and when when you're remote, it's even more important that you over communicate. And from a technical standpoint, we were more than fine. Um, our staff, you know, can operate from a laptop at their home just as they would in their office, but you lose that, you know, day in day out together time and. Uh, that's been the, the biggest challenge, uh, but we're definitely prepared for the next disaster, and we might see elements of our company going remote permanently or even having more flexible workout environments. You know, we can take from this experience uh, and learn from it, and remote management's not as bad as, as people think, and I think, I think the workplace will probably change because of this event. Right. And so, you know, you guys, uh, Big Rents, you're not the only equipment rental company facing these these new challenges. And so how are you better prepared than other equipment providers like some of the big nationals or even the, even the local uh, companies? Well, I think being asset light and, and being able to work in every part of the country allows us to pivot marketing and sales efforts 
you know, to areas of the country or equipment that's needed um, that's in high demand without the cost of carrying assets or brick-and-mortar locations. But I think that's the one advantage um, to, to our business model. Um, but no matter how you prepare or what your business model looks like, we're all in this crisis together, and we're all going to be impacted. Um, you know, we're, we're feeling the pain like, like everybody else is. And our job is to really create opportunities for our rental partners that are in our network and drive uh, revenue opportunities, particularly in times that uh, they may be hurt or suffering because of, you know, this is nobody's fault. Uh, this just sort of happened uh, to all of us. So we really are up seriously, and uh, we'll be boosting our marketing and sales efforts so we can drive additional opportunities to our partners. Yeah. And so with, with that said, uh, do you think the benefits of being part of the Big Rents Network will stay the same or, or change with the changing economy? And uh, if, if the change, how and why with, with your partners? Well, I, I see a paradigm shift in the way that business is done in our industry. You know, and, and it, this has started to evolve over the last few years, which is why we have this online platform. But the next quarter, I mentioned just the, the economic forecast is going to force companies to look for alternative ways to source equipment. First, they'll look for additional value, um, but then when the economy snaps back in sort of Q3 and later part of this year, I think it's going to be very challenging just to find available equipment because, we're, you know, the economy was in good shape before we came into the situation. And with this massive stimulus package and sort of pent-up demand, I anticipate a robust economy in the back half of this year going into next. And when people can't find equipment, uh, the natural place to look is online. And... Uh, because we're positioned well, and in some categories, our domain authority online is the highest in the industry, we're going to see additional opportunities that we otherwise would not. And I think that's really what's going to change. And once people adopt it, get used to it, understand it works, my equipment shows up, it's picked up when it's supposed to, I get good equipment, I get a good value, it's an easy process, I think it's very likely that that, that business model will stick permanently. Yeah. Scott, do you know if, uh, I'll call it the competition, but other rental companies, do you know if their salesmen are even allowed to go out and make sales calls these days? Are they, are they being kept away from job sites? Do you have any insight to that? Yeah, it's hit or miss. So we, we've been surveying since this uh, crisis started a couple of weeks ago. We've uh, surveyed both customers and, uh, and rental companies, our supplier base, uh, to see what's going on with their business. Are they shutting down? How are they changing their behavior? Um, I would say that, uh, you know, a, a broad statement is that most construction is considered essential services. So there's a fair bit more of latitude in terms of movement of people within the rental industry. That said, it customers and the suppliers of our customers are having challenges. So it would be, to me, it would be unusual to see salespeople out and about making sales calls right now, particularly when most of, the, most of their customers are likely to be remote or in stay, stay at home uh, situations as well. So definitely going to be a challenge for the brick and mortar uh, parts of our industry. And I don't think that's going to change in the next four to six weeks. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And, and I think it puts your company in a, in a even more sound position if customers are accustomed to acquiring their equipment uh, online or through your company rather than the others. So, you know, I think the donut business may suffer a little bit, but uh, outside of that, uh, you know, deliveries, deliveries to construction sites have to take 
take place. Uh, That's right. So we, we, we mentioned a little bit about uh, you have more uh, acquisition plans on the horizon. And so with this stalled economy, does that, does that make sense to do that now? I know you kind of said sometimes opportunities are there when the economy slows. Can you speak about that a little bit? Well, you know, I, I, mergers and acquisitions is something that's sort of uh, been part of my career. Uh, I've done nearly 20 of them in, you know, over the last 20 years. And so you take advantage of opportunities really when they're available. You, you know, I, we tend to think long-term. Our strategic plan is, is 10 years forward-looking. I don't think quarter to quarter. You know, access to capital is the challenge in a stalled economy. But if you execute on your plan, you have the right unit economics, that, you know, usually is not a problem. And, you know, in, in fact, we're, we're going to announce a transaction uh, next Wednesday. I can't tell you the name, but I can just tell you maybe just a little bit about it. Um, they focus on dumpster rentals, portable toilets, and storage containers based in the southeast. Uh, no assets, similar business model to our own, run by two very professional and capable managers. That will be big assets to our, our management team. And, you know, as we look at the rest of the year, we, we're engaged in other opportunities as well. Expect to hear some things outside the U.S., maybe in Asia, Europe, or the Middle East. Wow. Wow. Sounds like very exciting times uh, for you guys right now. Uh, so after this round of acquisitions, how many rentals will the, will the combined company actually be able to do on an annual basis? I know you gave some some revenue forecast, but I don't know if you track number of customers or, or actual rentals or, or whatever the case may be. I, I think speaking in terms of number of rentals is, is a good metric. Um, you know, our platform is built to handle hundreds of thousands, if not millions of rentals. So there's, there's definitely scale there. Uh, you know, but in terms of what's realistic from a sales and marketing standpoint perspective over the next 12 months, uh, we should be doing on an annual basis between 90 and 100,000 rentals. Uh, annually. Wow. That's, that's serious. <laughs> that's, that's very serious. Uh, so with all that being said, and given everything considered, what is your best outlook of where big rents will be by the end of the year? And the flip side of that is what's the worst case scenario? And let's say this, uh, this coronavirus continues. Because I, I I can tell you're a contingency plan kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you always have to plan for the worst, uh, but give yourself an opportunity to to execute on the best. Um, our our best best case scenario, uh, we should be revenue between eighty and ninety million for the year twenty twenty, uh, sort of on a pro forma basis, uh, somewhere closer to one hundred and twelve uh, million, and well on our way to an IPO in Q two of of next year. Uh, sort of worst case scenario uh, between 60 and 70 million of revenue this year, and on a pro forma basis uh, between 90 and 100, um, but still on our way to an IPO uh, early part of next year. We, we've done a lot of things internally to prepare the company. Um, we, we report on a public standard uh, already, um, and we'll start uh, doing that uh, through the SEC when we file our S1, hopefully later this year. Um, you know, as I look at the whole industry, you know, I, I, I pray for our, for our industry. I wish, you know, nothing but the best for everybody. We're here to help and be part of a solution. This crisis with coronavirus, COVID-19, is, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime, hopefully, uh, event. And uh, we need to do everything we can as an association 
and as an industry to, uh, to get back to work and get business back to normal as quickly as possible and as soon as it's safe. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. You know, I mean, the term that comes to mind with you, when I think about big rents, and I, I wear your uh, your sweatshirt regularly, by the way, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of like where technology meets iron, you know, uh, to, to say the least. And uh, obviously you guys have performed a, a tremendous service to, to so many and uh, this industry con- continues to, to change. And so uh, with that, we'll, I think we'll wrap up. And I just want to thank you so much for being with me today. And I, I wish you success and, and good health in the future. Uh, and just, you know, good luck. And thanks for taking the time with me today. Thank you, Donald. And, and wish the same to you. Uh, you. You've been a great voice for the industry and, and uh, wish you nothing but continued success and looking forward to, uh, to hearing that voice uh, continue. Okay. Thanks so much, Scott. I'll be in touch. Thank you. Bye. And so today, uh, as the world is in chaos with the coronavirus, I too, and it's with a heavy heart, that I've decided to take a little break from the show for a while. Uh, I do hope to be back in the coming months, uh, but we will see what the future holds. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to be uh, working on some uh, uh, consulting projects, as well as some representing some buyers and sellers with James Waite that I mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, you know, my dad started our rental business back in 1955, and that was really before rental was really recognized. And I guess you can say that it's always been in my blood. And so I decided back some 18 months ago to try to bring a new venue to the industry that uh, has made my career so crazy and interesting. And hopefully I've brought some interesting shows that may make your business better and you a, a better business person. So with that said, we've covered many many different topics on the show. We've covered technology, management issues and styles, branding, marketing, service, personnel, equipment, insurance, selling, buying and selling businesses, legal issues, environmental issues, sales management, financial issues, customer retention, employee retention, communications, re-renting, like today's show, rates, cost of serving customers, safety, silica, ANSI, ARA show recaps, the economy, venture capital, strategic planning, marketing plans, management by walking around, improving the workplace, even a rental checkup and a rental quiz, performance reviews, trust, competition, credit, registering your equipment, customer stratification, your unique selling proposition, and so many, many other things over the last 18 months. And I certainly want to thank the many guests that I've taken the time, that have taken the time to be on the show 
hopefully to bring valuable information back to you. I'm sure I'm going to miss some names, but I want to give extra thanks to people like Michael Roth with the RER Magazine, uh, obviously Attorney James Waite, who has now started WGO Consulting. He's uh, his, his shows are some of the top three shows that I've had on my podcast. And I'll be doing some work with him, like I said. And Jason Stanchek with Edco, a great guy, a great company, and who recognized this podcast is a great way, cost-effective way to get your message out. And Amber with Jeannie, who has been very supportive, and I thank them for that. Speakers like Gary Bartecki, Larry Kay, for their financial and management discussions. And most recently, Terrence Weber with U.S. Aerials out of New York, who discussed minorities in the industry. And from the insurance side, Jamie Bates and Jim Ricker with J.T. Bates Insurance Group have been big supporters, as has Jesse Buckingham, who recently was on, representing 360 Record. And Tony Connaught and Phil Kelling with ARA and ARA Insurance, as well as Michael McDaniel, the regional director up in the Northwest, and a big supporter of the show, and not to mention last, but today's guest, Scott Cannon with Big Rents, who's brought renting and technology to an all-time high. And along with people like Luke Powers with GearFlow, another technology show that we had. So you see, the industry is still changing. Technology upon us, mergers still going on and companies still being sold. In that change, a radio show, podcast, was born. And it's been a lot of fun delivering different messages to you. What does the future hold for our industry? And when will we return to normal? When it does, I may return also. In the meantime, ARA is doing a great job of keeping people informed, even with a special Facebook page that they have. So in closing, again, thanks to all the thousands of listeners. My email and phone number will remain on if you have any questions that I can help you with along the way. Uh, today's quote, tough times don't last. Tough people do. And I don't know of any group tougher than those in the rental industry. So it's been my honor to spend this time with you. I'm Donald Charbonnet. I've been your host and diehard of the rental industry, signing off, hanging up my headphones and microphone, and taking a pause for the show. And remember, please, don't waste the day. Pray. Be safe, good renting, good health, and best of luck to everyone. Back to you, Voice America. Thank you for tuning in to Rental Equip Talk Radio. 
Be sure to join your host, Donald Charbonnet, next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week. We'll be right back.